In this episode of Negative Modifier, we were playing the game Cult Divinity Lost. Cult Divinity Lost by design involves content, themes, and situations that may be uncomfortable or triggering for some listeners, and is most definitely not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised, and we really do mean that this time. Hey there, Charlie here. On behalf of the whole cast and crew of Negative Modifier, thanks for giving us a listen. If you enjoy the episode, please consider giving us a rating or reviewing us on your listening platform of choice, or liking this episode if you're enjoying this on YouTube. It only takes a few seconds and helps us find new people to inflict our signature brand of madness upon. If you want to support the show, consider supporting us on Patreon. If you're looking to chat with the cast, other listeners, or get the most up-to-date news about the podcast, check out our Discord channel. Both are linked down below in the show notes. And with that all said... You all are slowly roused from sleep, unconsciousness, whatever the right phrase in this context is, by the alluring smell of meatloaf and the faint sounds of Christian music. The world is blurry, out of focus. The smell you're smelling isn't quite right. You're not smelling it totally correctly. The sound you're hearing almost sounds a little bit out of tune, like it's got a warble to it. As you kind of come back to your senses more, it does kind of normalize out more, and things kind of seem to snap into focus some. And you find yourself sitting in a room that a little bit familiar, but you're not quite sure why. You're all there. It's strange, though. Everything around you in the room is a little bit too big. Like, it's all stuff you've seen before, but scaled up ever so slightly. You're having a hard time placing your finger at exactly what you're seeing, though, to it, exactly why it seems odd to you, too. It's a little bit strange, though. The house has a bit of a vintage feel for it, we'll say... 80s, 70s type of thing. It looks new at this point in time. It looks vin- it looks retro, but like retro at that specific point in time, so it'd be current. It's very sparse, though, too, as you look around. There's not a lot of amenities. What little there is is meticulously arranged and tended to. It's not a single speck of dust. There's a bit of a smell of cigarette smoke and detergent mixed in with the meatloaf smell. And the walls are covered in paintings of Jesus and several crucifixes. Uh, but at the same time, there's not a lot of other stuff around. There's no toys, there's no kind of clutter. It's very sterile, feels like the wrong phrase, but very clean. As best you can tell, you're in a living room would be your guess. Okay. Do I recognize the living room? It definitely feels familiar. Having a bit of a hard time... Placing it, though, immediately. Okay. Well, I guess um, since I'm like, well, hmm. Obviously, jumping from a ship to this is just, you know, kind of completely off. Like, because obviously this doesn't make any normal sense. So do I need to do some sort of like keep it together type of situation? Or am I just like in the moment at this point? You're just kind of in the moment at this point. Like, aside from this being very weird and something obviously being off. There's nothing actively that would be kind of fraying at your stability at this point. Like, don't get me wrong, something weird is most definitely afoot. It's not kind of occurring to you immediately. Okay. So I would like to then just kind of start to slowly walk around and, like, maybe put my hand on, like, to feel the furniture and see if it's, like, real, I guess, and, like, touch a lamp or something along those lines. 
see if like yeah, I guess if this room has like drapes because it's a living room, maybe I'd just like to I guess I'm like just trying to feel this out and see if it's if it's real. Sure, so you're gonna approach the table with a lamp on it or something? Yeah. Let's start with that. And just I'm gonna kinda just like yeah. Start with All that right. and then kind of work my way around the room and see if I like if there's a shelf, put my hands on the shelf and just kind of feel it all out, I guess, for now. What's my status? Like, I guess I'm just coming out from being abducted through water. So I am trying to figure out what the hell's going on with me. Yeah. Restrained? Am I sitting down? Am I standing? You're just kind of on the ground. You're oddly dry for someone that had just been in a lot of water, though. All right. So I guess I'm going to go through some exercises, mindfulness exercises myself just to ground myself into the location and just kind of realize like where I'm at. Sure. And then I will sit up and just assess the situation that I'm in. So kind of assess the room, the smells, where the smells are being located, what is playing, if there's any kind of specifics to the music. Like, yeah, I'm just going to investigate Yes. What happened? Anything you're doing, Detective Jenner? Like my compatriots, I'm getting up, looking around, confused. I, I keep like checking that my hair to see if my hair is wet or like anything kind of bewildered and dumbfounded. Yeah. You may like cough up some water when you first wake up, but beyond that, you are surprisingly dry. Unnerving. Jenner and Dahomre. Both of you give me a observed situation as Kostroff approaches kind of like the bookshelves and the lamps and stuff. I failed with an eight. Failed with a four. <laughs> There's something weird about the room. Like it's maybe things are like feeling too big or something like that. It's very strange and it doesn't really click for any of you until. Kostroff tries to reach up and touch a lamp, and the lamp is very much still there, but it all kind of clicks for all of you at this exact moment where it's as though you're scaled down or the room is scaled up to roughly the height you were when you were, say, a kid, like seven or eight years old or something. Like everything is just bigger around you. Like if you had to guess, it's appropriately sized for, I don't know, a nine-foot-tall person, give or take. Hmm. Do I immediately see the others around me? Oh, yeah, you're all there in the same room. All right, do they look normal? As normal as you all look at this point, yeah. Okay. I assume you're all kind of looking a little bit worse for wear, given the everything that's happened to you. Yeah. Are there any reflective surfaces that are around? I mean, there's like... um polished glass and whatnot on the some of the pictures and whatnot. What are you looking to do specifically? I'm just kind of looking to just check myself. Actually, you know what? That's that's kind of silly. Wait, no, that's not silly. I just remembered the fact that I have like a camera as well as equipment. Do I still have those on me? Do I have my hard cam? Do I have my phone? Do I have my iPad? No, you got your stuff. Cool beans. Are they waterlogged or what's are they also dry? Do they function? They do not. They seem to have gotten wet and damaged as a result of that. OK, well, 
I see myself in a kitchen situation, right? So, or at least, is there a kitchen immediately right next to me? You see a room you think might be a kitchen, so you're going to start going that direction? Yes, because I want to rice my equipment. I'm going to start digging through and seeing if there's any rice in a little bit of a bag. Makes sense. All right, so anyone else doing anything, or just kind of still getting a feeling for the surroundings? Um, I definitely still want to try to get a feel for my surroundings. I mean, sure. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, you said I have a similar vibe to like, or I, I have a feeling about this place, but I'm not 100% sure yet. So, yeah, I definitely want to figure out what it is that, like, I guess that itch in my head to be like, where do I know this from? So, that's what I'll do. Jenner? Yeah. Sorry, are there any, like, pictures on the wall or anything like that? There are many pictures, none of them of people, lots of paintings of Jesus and whatnot, and churches and kind of religious iconography. Any, like, specific sex, like, belief in Jesus? Is it, uh, or the, the catch-all kind of, uh, depiction of the man? Catch-all depiction, there's probably some variation from image to image, but yeah, it's generic Christianity is maybe the right phrase for it. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna start taking, like, pictures off the wall and, and undoing them, seeing if there's anything behind them. Alright, so as you kind of touch the wall as Dahomre starts making her way towards where she thinks is the kitchen and kind of as Kostroff's still looking around. Everyone give me a keep it together. As you all realize, you are in the Mills household. Somehow you are back at 514 South Waring Street. Not as it was, or I guess maybe technically as it was, but not as it was when you were there. You realize this because the wallpaper you're seeing was the wallpaper that was below and kind of underneath the torn away wallpaper. You're recognizing the layout of the house. It all kind of comes rushing in on you at this point. I got a 10 partial success. I too have a 10 partial success. My shit's not all together, but it's in the same room. Uh, I also rolled a 10 partial success. Did we hit the jackpot? I mean... Yahtzee. Fair. I mean, you all get to, like, pick... Are you scared? Are you angry? Are you guilt-ridden? Like, you're gonna either gotta take a minus one to stability on this one, or get a little bit more obsessed. Uh, what is everyone's reaction to this individually? I think I'm distracted in a way where I'm, like, I'm looking for... I don't know, a camera or something, seeing if this is some kind of weird uh, prank we've been lured into. I'm just trying to rationalize it in a way that makes sense. So I'm distracted, like pulling paintings down and undoing sure. the back. Makes sense. I, I'm going to kind of get obsessed here. This house has not been a positive influence in your life, no. No, yeah, but like... I don't know if the idea of all of a sudden just ending up here, I'm just like, it's bothering me to the point where like, I'm, I need to figure out what the fuck is going on. And so I'm like, at this point, I'm like obsessing because there's something clearly going on and there's something I need to like fix here. So in my mind now, it's become a situation of like, okay, you were involved in this whole thing. And now you're back here, even when you didn't want to be here specifically, because you're on a ship. Clearly there's something some like, you know, I, I in my mind, I'm like, like, well, it's some otherworldly like 
thing or like, you know, consider it God or the devil, whatever, like traditional like belief system that, you know, this guy has. He's being punished right now, almost. So he's obsessing over like maybe this is like his time to like make things play out differently or something will be different. Like maybe it's a weird second chance. Maybe it's he's being punished essentially and having to relive it kind of thing. But now he's obsessing over this. And it's going to drive him nuts. But like, yes, he's I would say that it's going to be more obsessed now at this point. I'm going to imagine uh, Dr. Domery is going to become scared because this is a situation that she has, I would say, a very intense interest in. And so through her like professional expertise, she's kind of putting everything together in her head. And while nothing really makes sense, the situation, the context of the house and the house itself is now becoming a little much for her, especially seeing as how she at one point in time tried to use the closet as a means of a psychological trigger for uh, Franklin. So it's like, uh oh, shit's shit's coming back. Makes sense. Do I find rice? So you're stepping into the kitchen at this point, right? Yes. Almost like she's swooped out of nowhere or just stepped around a corner. You can't quite tell based on her movements. You find yourself face-to-face with, or maybe not face-to-face, but definitely suddenly looking at a giant of a woman. Uh, oh, oh, um, hello? Did you let yourself in, dearie? I don't know. I just got here. Kind of came to, um, where are we? Caitlin, now's not the time to be coy. You know where you are. You know what brought you here. Cigarette? Kind of reaches to her pocket and pulls out a cigarette and kind of hands it to you. You're having a very hard time, like, looking at this woman, for the record. Like, Something about her is, like, forcing your gaze away from her, often down towards the ground. Uh, uh, yes, yes, sure, thank you. Um, I'll accept the cigarette from her. Does she offer to light, or am I supposed to do that myself? So you reach for the cigarette. I do. Upon doing that, she smacks your hand away, which is kind of a cruel snarl. Didn't your parents raise you better than that? It's a filthy, disgusting habit. I, uh, you, you know, I do you have rice? I I need to um, I oh gosh, oh god, okay. She kind of pushes you, past you at this point. Felicia, put those pictures down. Put them back where you got them from. This is no way to behave as a guest in someone else's home. Kind of snapping back to reality, hearing someone talk to her, Felicia turns, uh, dropping the picture frame she was holding. So you drop it, drop it. Yeah, like startled. All right, it hits the ground and kind of cracks, and you just kind of hear this truly unnatural inhalation through her teeth. Like, it's, it sounds almost mechanical or, like, metallic almost. Like, the inhalation is not human and then kind of she lets it out 
you can hear somehow the sound of her shaking her head in just aggressive disapproval of what you've just done. Felicia, I expected better from you. I'm not sure why I did, given what Lydia told me about you, but I figured of the three of you, you at least would have some manners. Who, who are you? I believe you know my son, Franklin. Oh, fuck you. What kind of game is this? Who the fuck are you? She smiles at this, but again, like, the features aren't right. The smile is a little bit too big, a little bit almost like serpent, and it's kind of how it pulls at the face. Oh, no game, just a deal. You have something I want, technically. I have something you want. Absolutely. And I'm looking to make a pact on this. Aiden, pay attention when I'm talking to you. I pop up after hearing Aiden and I'm like, I just kind of stare. And I'm just like, who is this and how do they know my name in my head? But I don't actually say it. And I'm just kind of stare for a second. And after just kind of staring for a second and trying to like piece this together, I go, who the fuck are you? And the strange woman kind of reaches again into her pocket, pulls out some cigarettes, lights one, starts smoking, looks at you absentmindedly. Where are my manners? I suppose I know so much about you. So, so much about you. And Franklin probably didn't even bother mentioning me. Feel free to call me Martha. Martha Mills. And as good friends of my son, I suspect you can help me quite a bit in this situation. You see, Franklin has been an exceptionally bad boy. He's hidden himself from me, and, well, I can't allow that. I need one of you to help me find him. In exchange for this, you get to leave, and you get to take William with you. Oh, yes, I have William, by the way. Like I said, I have something I'm sure you want. What do you want to do with Franklin when we find him? Franklin is mine. He's important to me. His well-being, as you might be able to guess, is of great concern to me as a mother. I need to make sure he's doing all right. But you all must be hungry, please. Kind of gestures towards the kitchen that Dahmer was walking to initially. I've made meatloaf. Is anyone hungry? Jenner's eyes just kind of flick to Dahomre and Kostrov. Like, almost the question is like, what the fuck is going on? I look over at Jenner and I'm like, I have no idea. I was hoping you had a better sense of this detective. Dahomre's going to look over at both of them and then just kind of look at the floor takes a deep breath and just kind of straightens up and walks into the kitchen. I will follow. All right. So as you enter the kitchen, you notice a couple things. On a cutting board next to the sink, there is just this mound of kind of chopped up meat, bloody. And there's a cleaver kind of stuck into the cutting board on edge. In one corner, there are several people that Dahomre recognizes. 
Seated at the table is Lydia Gibbs, dressed in a pink jacket, kind of sitting there very quietly, waiting for food. Kostroff, aside from the situation being absolutely bizarre, you're not saying anything that kind of pertains to you immediately, but your phone does buzz as though you've gotten a text message. Okay. I pick up my phone and grab it and check and see what, it, what, what came through. All right, so you've received a text message from your wife, Amy, and it shows a picture of Dominic sitting on her lap, and it reads, We're making pancakes tonight. Can't wait to see you. What's your reaction to this? So I remember the last time the image was blurry and kind of messed up. How does the image look this time? Oh, the image is quite clear. So clear that kind of behind them, you can see a large nine-foot-tall shadow of a woman with a meat cleaver kind of slowly reaching out a hand towards your beloved family. Do I piece together that this person might be this uh, other person who's in the room with us right now? No piecing. It's quite obvious. Okay. Do I still have my gun in my hand? You do. Okay. Um, I look at this, and I immediately put my phone down in my pocket, and I aim my gun directly at this fucking lady with the meat cleaver. Who is Lydia Gibbs? Don't worry about it. Okay. So while that's happening, I want to try to discreetly look in my bag and see if I still have the, uh, or on my persons, really, see if I still have the tranquilizer. I know I had it in my mouth at some point. I'm pretty sure I may have lost it as I was, like, drowning. Yes, you have lost that tranquilizer. Now that I'm inside the kitchen, I guess I want to, like, look around and assess the situation, because if I recall correctly, the kitchen is going to be in an open floor plan where there's a living room and then there's the back door to leave. So I want to see if there's any obstructions between me and the back door. I mean, you can make a run for it if you want. If he's pulling out a gun... I would like to make a run for and grab the cleaver and then run out of here. All right. So to paint the scene, we have Detective Jenner kind of playing it cool, trying to be nonchalant. What's the right phrase for it? Jenner is has noticed that Kostroff is uh, getting ready to point his weapon. I think that she sees that the is about to make a move. So she's waiting to see exactly what happens, ready to draw her weapon and back up Kostroff if needed. Makes sense, yeah. So to paint the picture fully, you have kind of on-edge Jenner, you have Kyle, Josie, Dermond, and Sarah all sitting in kind of one corner of the room, very intently looking at Dr. Dahomre. You have Kostroff about to pull a gun, and you have a nine-foot-tall housewife kind of looking at all of you. With a mix of scorn and intrigued, and sitting at the table that's obviously too tall for normal people, this is a small girl in a pink coat. What do people do? Jennard is like looking, like side eye and Kostroff, kind of shaking her head like no. I'm like almost kind of shaking because, like, the idea that this thing is potentially going to hurt my family has got me very, very upset. And I'm just like, 
my hand's shaking as I'm holding this gun, aiming at it, it basically aiming at the lady with the cleaver right now. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm just like, she's going to hurt my family. She's going to hurt my family. I'm not risking that. And I'm just like trembling as I'm saying this. Put your toys away, Aiden. You know what happened last time you pointed that at someone. Don't you? I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Her movements are weird. They're definitely walking, but she almost kind of seems to not quite glide, not quite float. She's kind of at your side now. And she goes, but Detective Jenner knows, doesn't she? How close is she to me right now? Not Jenner, but this. Four feet away, give or take. Four feet away. Okay. So she got closer to me then, right? Yeah. Okay. I want to fire. All right. Let's see our first engage in combat. Okay. I rolled a nine engage in combat failure. All right. So makes a certain amount of sense. Shot goes wide, like misses the target, like probably shatters some glass or something on the side of the room. Martha Mills kind of looks at you, looks at the damage you've caused. And then just kind of backhands you as hard as she can. How do you respond to her kind of swinging at you? Uh, well, I mean, obviously my intention obviously is to try to like dodge it or like, I mean, I'm sure. flinching to kind of like dodge it, I guess. But yeah. So do I roll in endure injury or what do I or avoid harm initially? Uh, I'm that's gonna, up to you to try and dodge. You just try and take it. I'm definitely going to try to dodge it. All right. Yeah. So give me an avoid harm. Yeah, because she telegraphs to swing, right? Like, it's... Oh, yeah, she's very obvious about this. Okay, then yeah. This is as much psychological as she is trying to actually hit you. Okay. So I'm going to avoid harm then. Uh, success! You emerge completely unharmed. Yeah, so kind of like, it's not a very swift swing on her part, but the hand kind of goes sailing past you and she kind of snarls a little bit at you. You're being a terrible guest, Aiden. I've done nothing but offer you hospitality, and you shoot my things. How do the rest of you respond to this? Jenner waits a brief second to see what the Homre does. As the shot fires, I kind of initially went to go grab for the knife and leave, but I... I think I would hesitate in actuality and use this opportunity to dip out of the kitchen, and I'm actually going to try to run upstairs. All right, you're going upstairs? I'm running upstairs, yes. All right. Give me an act under pressure as you kind of like try and book it out of this scene. Acting under pressure. Failure, nine. Failure with a nine. You are not graceful when you're leaving. You kind of maybe like hit a door frame or something. You successfully make it to the stairs and start running, but you're not quick about it. You... Give me an endure injury with one. Uh, partial success with the endure injury. You are still standing, but the GM picks one condition. Injury throws me off balance. I lose something or I receive a serious wound. I'm going to say you lose what's left of your bag at this point. It probably falls off a shoulder or something because you're just like dropping stuff and hitting into walls by accident. Like this is not a coordinated or especially coherent escape from the situation. So if it's not like you're wearing it or in a pocket, you've probably lost it at this point. Okay. There goes my pepper spray, my iPad. All I have is my handy cam and myself. Yep. 
Detective Jenner, how do you respond to Dahomre just booking it out of there? Does it look like this woman is going to move to hurt Kostroff again? Give me a read a person. 15 success. Absolutely. Can I ask some questions for sure. this? Yeah. How could I get her to stop? I mean, she's offered you this deal if you go and bring Franklin to her. She's even offered to give you William if you do this for her. She did say that deal was only for one of you. As a detective, you've also dealt with some difficult people. You probably dealt with a couple domestic disturbances in your life. You could probably use some of that training to try and soothe out the situation. Like, despite being a obviously not normal nine-foot-tall housewife, she has, within certain definitions of that concept, behaved mostly like a terrible host and mother might. Yeah, so Detective Jenner speaks up and says, Oh, hold on, hold on. Look, you want us to find your son, Franklin. And you say the deal's only for one of us, but we have more of a chance of doing it if we're working together. And if Kostrov's hurt, he's the only other cop here who has experience looking for people. Just leave him alone. And you have your dinner and we'll go find him. We'll go find Franklin for you. Won't he slow you down, dearie? He's a bit of a weak link in this situation, isn't he? I think the weak link just ran out of the room. Oh, Caitlin has hidden depth. Of the three of you, she's probably my favorite. So much wrong with that woman. So much potential. She could amount to great things someday. Let's go, Ostroff. I snap out of it for a second here, and I look over at Jenner, and I'm like, did she say she wants Franklin, and she'll leave us alone? She kind of spins on you, big smile. That's absolutely what I said, Aiden. Do you think you can bring him to me? I look over at Jenner, I'm like, where's Franklin? Let's go find him. I look over at... You said her name is Martha, right? Yep. Okay. I'm like, okay, fine. Leave my family out of it. And I'll bring Franklin. She nods at this. Excellent. I'm so glad you've chosen to be helpful. It's, after all, not great being a bit of a dead weight, isn't it? A drag on society. I ignore those comments because I'm, I'm like, just really, really like, I can save my family here. I can make, I can make it this right. And so, uh, I look over at Jenner and I say, let's go. Jenner will start to retreat from the room. She doesn't turn her back to Martha unless she leaves. So where do you exit through? Same door to Hamre did. So Dahomre went upstairs. She booked it upstairs to the upstairs area. Oh, front door. So you open the front door? Yeah. All right. So outside, there's just like an endless gray haze fog all around the house. Like the acreage of the house, like the lawn is there. But like right when you get to the property line, it just kind of ends in gray, swirling nothingness. You do 
maybe see some things out in the fog, but yeah, it's it's hard to kind of see what's going on beyond it. I kind of look to Kostroff and say, do you think he's in the house? Oh, where are my manners? I'm sorry, that's not the right way. And Martha opens up kind of one of the cabinets and kind of gestures at it. This will take you back to where my son is hiding. Okay. Do you enter the cabinet? I do. All right, so... Again, everything's kind of weirdly scaled. You have to stoop to get in as you're crawling. You're not quite sure when it transitions from cheap home kind of furnishing to metal, rusted ship interior. It's almost like it kind of blends together somehow, but you find yourself suddenly smack dab against a closed ship door back on the Cenobia. All right, let's go find them. Uh, Kostroff, do you get into the cabinet? Yeah. All right. So you two aren't in the same place. But the same thing happens to Kostroff. Again, you kind of like you start walking through and you find yourself just suddenly kind of face to face with a ship hatch. You said I it was a ship hatch? Yep. Or with a, a ship kind of uh, bulkhead door inside of the ship. OK, do I, I I mean, I'll try to, like, open it. All right, open. So it's maybe take some effort. But yeah, it's you appear to be back on the Cenobia. Down in the bowels, admittedly, where you lost track of Franklin Mills, but back on the Cenobia nonetheless. Okay. You said, but we're separated, like, I'm separated from Jenner. I'm in a different yeah, part of the ship, you said? but you're not in the same okay. place as Jenner, as best you can tell. Gotcha. Do I know, I guess, what part of the ship I'm at, or is it just still somewhere on the bottom, but I don't know where exactly somewhere on the you bottom? You would have no way of knowing exactly where you are based on the fact you just kind of suddenly seem to wind up here, but yeah, you're somewhere kind of in that lower area. Okay. Do I have any issues, I guess, climbing out at this point? Like going back up to the surface or just getting back through the door? Getting back to the door, I guess. The door opens fine, yeah. Okay. I said then I just kind of just get my footing and kind of just start getting an idea of where I am and, and looking for either Jenner or Franklin at this point. Sure. Jumping back to Dahomre inside the house. Dahomre, you have made it kind of most of the way up the stairs where you start to hear the sound of four sets of feet racing after you. What do you do? I'm familiar with this layout. Yep. And I think I'm going to run into the... Your options on this floor are basically bedroom and bathroom. Because my initial thing was to run into Franklin's room, but I was trying to like think about the whatever the heck, and I realized, like, oh, I don't think there was, like, Franklin's room that was going to be available for there. Yeah, I think I'm going to run into the master bedroom. All right. So the master bedroom is more or less the same as you remember it. Obviously, the furnishings have changed. It's very sparse. Things look a tad newer. More or less the identical layout to what you had previously. What are you doing in here? The footsteps are still chasing after me as I'm inside the master yep. bedroom, correct? Yep. I'm going to shut the door and lock it. I'm going to imagine that the master bedroom has a lock. Does it have a lock? Yeah, you can lock the door. Awesome. I'm going to shut the door and lock it, and then I am going to quickly scan through the master bedroom and just kind of see what's available, what's around, and I'm also going to check the wardrobe afterwards. 
All right, give me an act under pressure to see if you pull all that off. Partial success. You do, but hesitate, are delayed, or must deal with a complication. The GM reveals an unexpected outcome, a high price, or a difficult choice. All right, so you can't do all of that. Do you you get the door closed, or do you kind of successfully find something in the room that's worthwhile? I want to successfully find something. All right, so makes a certain amount of sense. You've got four people charging after you, kind of the door as you're putting away to get trying to lock, it just slams open as Kyle throws all of his massive weight against it, kind of smashing you backwards into the room. But you do kind of find on the ground, as you're kind of fumbling, a pencil that you could use to stab someone with. With that pencil, I'm going to be headed for his jugular uh, to try to kind of get him off me. Because in my head, I know that he's dead. I know that this person is not real. And as I'm doing that, I'm yelling, God fucking damn it, Kyle, get off me. You should have stayed dead. All right. So as you lunge at Kyle, you notice a couple things. One, he has not gotten any skinnier. He is still quite overweight. He is paler than you remember him being, except his face is discolored. It's black and blue. and His neck is covered in ligature marks from where he obviously hung himself. All right, so you're going to try and stab him? Stab him in the neck. All right. Let's engage in combat. Partial success. I inflict damage, but at a cost. The GM chooses one with my 11 roll. I could be counterattacked. I could do less damage than intended. I could lose something important, expend all my ammo, uh, beset with a new threat, or uh, I'll be in trouble. I mean, you just stabbed a dead man with a pencil like it hurts some. He kind of reacts to that, but he kind of shoves you down to the ground as the other three swarm into the room after him and all kind of gang up on you. Give me a endure injury at three harm. Ooh. As they're all ganging up on me and beating the shit out of me, possibly, I do want to yell back. What are you all doing? Don't you know you're not supposed to be in the master bedroom? With a 15 success. You successfully endure it. Maybe your kind of taunt strikes a nerve and they pull their punches for a split second. All right, so you're on the ground. You've got this gang of, best you remember, definitely dead people all showing signs of being dead. Dermot's still missing the back half of his head when we shot it off. As I mentioned, Kyle still has the strangulation marks. Sarah, well not showing signs of death is not looking great, and Josie still has arms covered in razor blade scars that look a lot deeper than was survivable. What do you do? I know you're not real. Everything hurts. The, all these impacts are, are painful, but I know you're not real. I know you're dead, each and every one of you, and I had a hand in it. I know you're not real. Now, get the fuck out of my way while I try to find something so that way I can find Franklin and make Martha happy? Or do I have to put all of you in this goddamn closet? So at mention of the closet, they all seem a little bit hesitant. And it's at this point, kind of, you hear Martha slowly begin her ascent up the stairs. I haven't had the chance to look in it yet, but before she gets in, I do want to take a quick look at the closet, check the bottom portion of it. 
I know that where, where the signs of struggle was and everything else like that, but I think there might be something in the closet that might be useful for me, or at least would would help. Yeah. All right. It's gonna be an act under pressure. Seventeen success. I do what I intended. Yeah. You kind of grab the claws. You start pulling on, it, and you realize it is locked, like impossibly locked. Like, doesn't move at all. Like, there should be some give whatsoever. And as you're kind of pulling on it, you hear maybe the faintest sound of something from inside. But it's at this point, Martha Mills storms into the room and she looks at you and goes, That is enough, Caitlin. I'm sorry, Martha. I just thought something would be helpful here help find Franklin. Or if he wasn't already hiding from you, your bed. You know I know. Oh, Caitlin, Caitlin, Caitlin. He's not here. If he was here, I wouldn't need you. But since you seem so eager to please on this one, I can make sure that kind of gestures at your four victims. Your patience here never torments you again. If you bring me back, Franklin, I do have uh, one small add to that, though. If you do bring me Franklin, you have to take William back with you and raise him. After all, you have to pay some type of penance for those souls you took without permission. I accept. Yes, I accept. With one caveat, all I want to ask is when I do bring Franklin back, that I have an understanding of why. Oh, you don't have to bring him back, dearie. I just need you to kill him. That'll be more than enough. And that's something you're very good at, I know. And you're going to let me go free? And you're going to let me publish this book? All your secrets and everything else for the world to see? And we're just going to leave it at that? And everything's going to be A-OK on my end, correct? So long as you agree to take William with you and raise him as though he was your own, of course. What do I care if you publish a book? No one's going to read it anyway. It's not very good writing. All right. Give yourself a deal. Hurry now. But after all, it has to be you to do this. Looks at your four former patients, or I can't keep you safe from them. I've dealt with them once. I could deal with them again. How do I find Franklin? Or at least, how do I get out of here, then? Lifts up the kind of bed skirt on the bed, and she goes, Just crawl underneath there. Can I get your knife from downstairs? She shrugs. Of course, if you want. You can also exit through the cupboard if you want. I just figured time would be of the essence on this one. Well, don't have my bag. Don't have my syringe anymore. (laughs) I'm going to get that knife. And you said the cupboard? She nods at this, yes, uh... Looks at the patients. One of them can help you find it. They were there earlier. All right, Kyle, make yourself useful. Lead the way. He looks at you just like with absolute loathing and disdain. But yeah, leads you downstairs, indicates where you can exit out through. And I'm assuming you retrieve the knife. I retrieve the knife and I uh, walk through this cupboard. 